Welcome to Next CLT. Next CLT is a business development initiative that focuses on strengthening companies owned by black indigenous people of color in Charlotte. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Next CLT's Entrepreneurship Podcast. Today we have the phenomenal Keisha Rivers. And I say phenomenal because for Next CLT, she's actually one of the brainchilds of like our immersive learning, but just a great strategist, interesting person with lots of knowledge, lots of skills, and came through some really tough situations with Katrina, but we'll go into that if she chooses. But just a phenomenal person who's done a great job of leading our four cohorts through Mind Shift. Keisha, welcome to the Next CLT podcast. Thank you for having me, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here. Keisha, you've kind of like traversed many different spaces within your career and within your foray into starting your own business and then helping other business owners and entrepreneurs grow and scale. Give us a snapshot into your journey to becoming the CEO of the Cause Group. Um, well, my journey is one that um, I, I tell people, uh, don't do it like I did it. <laughs> um, it was interesting because I did not plan to be an entrepreneur. I actually started my consulting company, um, shoot, it's almost 18 years ago, because I quit a position that I had um, in grand fashion, I shall say. Um, I you know, drove up to the owner's house. I, I was a, a general manager of a minor league soccer franchise at the time, and I had had enough. So I packed up everything into the, the company car and, and drove up to the owner's house and knocked on the door and ceremoniously, dramatically dropped the keys in his hand and said, consider this my resignation. Then I turned around and walked down this long driveway till I got to the street. And when I got there, I tried to figure out where I was going because um, I hadn't really thought this through. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so once I finally reached, you know, got home, I realized I didn't have a plan. I did not know what I was going to do. Um, and so I ended up having a couple of different job offers. And because I didn't want to relocate from where I was living, got the idea to start a consulting company and work for both. Um, and that's how the Cars Group was born. So Everything that I had done before then, um, I have a background in education. Um, I've been an educator and taught from elementary school on up to the college level for about 12, 13 years. Um, I'd served as the general manager of a minor league soccer franchise. I had been a mentor liaison. I'd work with um, school districts on curriculum. So all of the different things that I had done had kind of led to this moment where I had to figure out what was it that I was really, really good at that I could market and that I could use to support and help others while supporting myself financially. And so that's, that's how the cars group began. Um, it was always a, um, it was always something that was, that was focused on how do we equip people to be the best versions of themselves in order for them to bring their vision to pass. And so that that looks differently for different people, but it, I've always had that goal. Wow. 
So interesting journey. You know, soccer is a passion of mine. I'm actually looking forward to the World Cup coming up. What are some of the most important things you've learned as a CEO? I guess one thing is not to like uh, quit, quit abruptly and just drop the keys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they always have a plan is <laughs> is number one. Um, but you know, one of the key things that I have learned that I always try to to instill it and and tell other entrepreneurs is that there is a difference between being self-employed, meaning that you are pretty much just creating another job or position for yourself, and being an organizational leader, being a chief executive officer, being a chief operations officer, being the, the visionary and the strategist that moves that vision along. And, and one of the key things that I have found that has separated people who have been able to scale their businesses, who have been able to grow substantially, who've been able to bring on other people um, and sustain success is when they have that mindset shift from thinking I'm self-employed where I'm creating a job for myself. And instead, I am an organizational leader and I am responsible for this vision and this strategy moving forward. When you think of that self-employed being a leader who is actually creating a mind shift, COVID kind of like came about and those people who were self-employed kind of flung themselves kind of stuck, right? So what mm -hmm. changed for your company during COVID and how have you adapted to the post-COVID lockdown world? And I know we're still not quite out of it. Well, a key component for me is that, so I was, I've been virtual the entire time. Um, so I've got, you know, 17, 18 years in of, of working from home or working remotely. And that's how I set it up because I didn't want to be confined to an office. Um, that that was a non-negotiable for me. But one of the things that happened during COVID is because a lot of my, um, throughout my journey, I've always been open to pivots. I never look at the service I provide or what I do in the same exact way. And I never do the same exact thing. So I always have this this new version of myself and this new iteration of my company and, and this growth. So COVID for us, we actually had been talking about being equipped for change for about a year before COVID happened. And so when COVID happened, everybody was like, okay, now we have to pivot. We have to figure out what change looks like. And I got extremely busy. Um, COVID coupled with the murder of George Floyd and the, the increased focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, which is something else that my firm also does. Those two things, we grew about 300%. Wow. And, and so there was this huge demand for people who not only looked at change management, which is about the process of of change and um, in terms of systems and procedures and checklists and operational guidelines. I don't do those things anymore, but I focus on change leadership, which is the mindset around change. It is equipping people to embrace, manage, and lead through change. And so during COVID, which was the first time that the entire world in years and generations, the first time that the entire world was dealing with the same change but it was showing up in different ways and people were clamoring for solutions. So the biggest, um, the biggest challenge I had during COVID was the fact that we scaled immediately. 
It wasn't a gradual thing where I had, you know, in my strategic plan of when I wanted to add people and, and how I wanted to expand my territory. It happened literally overnight. That being said, while you were scaling the cause group, you took on this huge initiative that is called Next CLT that helps businesses, entrepreneurs grow and scale. And you are the key architect of Next CLT's Business Accelerator initiative. What would you say are the key differentiators between Next CLT and other entrepreneurial service organizations that are around? Well, a key component to what we do is that this is an immersive experience. Um, you can't just, there are some things that you can't learn just in a classroom. You have to apply. And, and because of my background in education, I understood that when you are creating an experience where you want this to be long-term, sustainable change, you want people to be equipped with the knowledge and the information they need to not only do things differently, but to think in a different way. So everything that we do with this experience is designed to challenge the way people think. It is designed for us to equip them as organizational leaders. It's designed for me for us to challenge them around the decision making that they're that they are undergoing. It's designed for us to pick apart and help equip them with what are the questions I need to be asking? What are the things I need to be considering? How do I need how do how do my numbers play into this? And we get them out of the immediate of I need to make more sales or I need to make more money to looking at the long-term strategic approach of what is it that we're trying to do? And then based on where our vision is of the future, what are the things that we need to put in place right now? So the key differentiator between us and a lot of the other um, business accelerators or business programs or even um, you know educational classes that are out there is the fact that when you're coming in to a next CLT experience, we are immersed in it. So if we're talking about talent optimization and hiring, then we're crafting your job positions. We are doing an organizational chart to see where your people um, fit in. We are doing assessments to make sure that you're making the right hiring decisions. We're talking to you about your administrative and your onboarding and your recruitment strategy. And you at every single turn are taking what we talk about and implementing it in real time and then on top of that, using that to build out your next 30, 60, 90, six months, a year, five-year plan. So it all comes back to what am I doing in the here and now, but how is this setting us up for the future? The other thing that really differentiates us from everyone else is that we are the only organization where the people who facilitate our sessions, myself and um, Michelle Horton and um, Robert Johnson, we are the only ones who are facilitated by business owners. So it's not people who read about what it means to operate a business. We are people who own our own companies. And so we have this connection with our cohort members and, and the members of, of Next CLT because it's a community. We have gone through it. We are going through it and we're able to, to, to share with them our experiences and the ways in which we have actually moved through this. The third thing that differentiates us is that our curriculum is flexible. It is tailored to the group that we have in front of us. We may have a framework of here are some of the topics and here are the things that we see as being key 
um, indicators of success for everyone, but the actual application, the actual content, the guest speakers, the activities that they do, the assignments that they have, those are individualized to the people in the room. So you can have, we've had four different uh, groups that have gone through so far. None of them have gotten the exact same thing because they've all been at different places in their development. And I think that is perhaps the key differentiator between between us and other people because you're never going to get the exact same thing. So you can talk to anyone from the first group that went through on up to the 20th group, and they will have slightly different experiences because it depends on their company, it depends on where they are in their development, and it depends on what they need in the moment. Hey, you know, I hear the timber and the passion in your voice for that whole flexibility of learning. Let me just shift gear here for a quick second and ask you, what's one initiative on your whiteboard that, that wasn't there 30 days ago? Uh, international expansion. <laughs> ah. Um, I actually, um, had an opportunity come up, um, from a company in the UK who reached out and they, uh, they want me to, I've actually signed an agreement with them to be able to start doing some learning and and strategic planning and, and development services for them. Um, and then that was followed up by a introduction to someone else who works with the United Nations Um, And now there's talks about me participating in uh, trade missions to go in and expand my services to other countries, Thailand, um, various countries in Africa, um, Bali, et cetera. So 30 days ago, it was not on my whiteboard to be going global. (laughs) But when the opportunity presents itself, you have to make some adjustments. You and I have had conversations before, and you've talked about your passport getting uh you know, stamped, I guess mm-hmm. you, you're 30 days now, here goes your runway to that passport, <laughs> right? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Hey, Keisha, the other thing that people may not know about you is that you're the author of several books. And, you know, now we have this whole global expansion. What new book are you currently working on? And hey, by the way, when is it due out? With this expansion coming, I guess there'll be some international pieces in it. Yeah, so uh, the the book that I'm working on right now is called Same Storm, Different Boats, Navigating the People's Side of Change. And the the whole foundational point of it is how do we build safe communities where people feel seen, heard, and valued? And what are the ways in which, as leaders within our organizations, we can establish opportunities for people to feel engaged, for them to feel empowered so that they can lead from within, within their own zone of influence, and for them to feel connected to the purpose, vision, mission, and values of an organization. So because of the fact that change within organizations is much more than what's our strategic plan or what's our operations plan or how do we have our policies and our procedures created, it's really about how do your people feel about being a part of this change in this organization and how can you equip them to be able to bring out their the fullness of their gifts, talents, and abilities. 
So that book is um, my my publisher has been gently nudging me to finish my manuscript <laughs> in the next. Um, I think I've got 30 days left to finish that. Um, so it's going to be released in early 2023. Wow. With your travels, with your scalability, with new things coming forward. How do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of things just naturally and within your role? I mean, with all this expansion, up new opportunities, book coming out, how does that happen, that learning piece of you? Well, that and that's actually a key component of, of what we teach and, and what we really emphasize to the participants um, that go through Next CLT's experience. You cannot be an effective leader, a successful leader of an organization if you are not constantly learning, if you are not constantly, you know, sharpening your own sword. So I participate in masterminds. I am constantly watching videos. I'm listening to podcasts. I read everything. Um, I actually have three books that I'm reading right now. Um, at the same time. And I am a, me- a member of um, a group called Vistage, which is for CEOs. Um, and, and it's one of those advisory groups that you're able to come together once a month and meet with other CEOs and people who own their own companies um, or are heads of their companies. And you talk about issues. It, it's having a, a, um, a trusted board of advisors of your peers um, some people who may be above you, um, you know, who are where you want to get to, and some people who are where you are, and some people who may be a little bit, you know, behind you. But we all talk about the issues that we're dealing with and and give suggestions about how to deal with it. And and the experience that we put together in Next CLT is mirrored a bit after that, because entrepreneurship, especially for women and for people of color, Black Indigenous people of color is a lonely road. Most people do not understand the decisions that have to be made, the sacrifices, the fatigue that you feel, the fact that there is this overwhelming sense of, I have to get this right because my myself, my family, the people that I'm employing are depending on me. Other people don't get that if they're not walking in that, in that path. So a big part of what we do is we try to create that community where they know they are not by themselves and they're able to come together and talk about issues and get um, get suggestions from other people. And when you are around people who are constantly trying to learn and grow, you want to learn and grow. So I read a lot. I listen to podcasts. I attend conferences when I can. Um, I participate in masterminds when I'm, when it's available. But I But above all, I always make sure I am not alone. Well, you know, thanks for that because you, you know, the other thing is you participate in podcasts, you create podcasts, and I know there's some, you have some big things coming. I'm going to ask you that at the end. Let me ask you this. When you think about all the things that you've done, all your successes, what's been one of your biggest failure in the last year and why do you think that happened? I would say my biggest failure, and I look, I look at failure as a learning opportunity. Um, if you were, we're not, we're always looking at the successes and we're trained to look at all of the different ways where we're winning. Um, but nobody wants to talk about when things don't go right. That is actually where the true learning and growth happens. 
And so in the past year, um, one of the the learning opportunities I had in terms of things that didn't go right is that there was a um, a company that I was embedded with for about 18 months. Um, we had a longer term engagement and they were um, they were looking at expanding. Um, and um, and so I was connected with another organization that was actually international and they had about 55,000 employees. Um, and I, it, it was too much. I was not ready for that. And so I got into it. I started and I, I couldn't keep up because I had too many other things that were going on one, but, but the fundamental reason why it didn't work out is because I did not have my infrastructure in place for growth. I had the infrastructure in place to operate where I was, but I did not have the systems and the processes and everything set up for me to be able to rapidly scale to serve an organization that had 55,000 employees across 25 different countries. And so there is a huge opportunity that I missed because of the fact that I wasn't prepared for the growth. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, you're right. A lot of people don't look at failure from the vantage point of a learning opportunity, and you obviously have done that. As you think about Next CLT, you know, why is it Next CLT so important for entrepreneurs in, well, first of all, entrepreneurs of color and Black Indigenous people of color? in this city and this county called Charlotte and Mecklenburg County and all cities and counties around the country? I think this is, this is necessary because there are specific challenges that women-owned and Black, Indigenous, people of color um, who own, in particular Black people who own businesses, there's a different set of challenges that come with being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, trying to grow and trying to scale. Um, it is no secret that there are a lot of systemic issues that have been plaguing the business world, that have been plaguing uh, the way that uh, supplier contracts and vendor contracts are awarded. Um, there are thing, opportunities that don't usually come to women-owned and, and Black-owned um, Indigenous people of color. There are systemic issues around access to capital, access to funding, being able to have the network and the connections to be able to have meetings with people who can open doors for you. Those types of things are real issues, real problems. And unless you're in a, a safe environment, a safe community that understands those are the things, the very real things that are still going on in this day and age and that are willing to work with you to not only overcome it, but to be able to knock down those barriers and those doors so that you can bring other people with you. You need something that is just for them. And no, you know, not saying that any of the other, you know, business incubators and other programs that are out there aren't doing a great job. They are. It's just that Next CLT is full is solely focused on equipping and supporting these companies to get to their next. We're not just talking to them about it. 
we're informing them. We're helping them with strategic plans. We're making connections. We're providing mentorship. We are exposing them to people who can um, who can develop relationships with them. We are walking that journey with them. And if you don't have in all of your diversity and inclusion efforts, if you don't have something where the people who are most impacted have a voice, then you're missing the boat. And the key, the key way in which Next CLT is, is, is necessary is that it allows companies to have a voice in their own development. We're not looking at this from a deficit model and saying, oh, because you're woman-owned or you're Black-owned or you are you know, a BIPOC-owned company, you are therefore deficient, and that's why you haven't succeeded. No, it's not that I'm deficient. It's that I don't have access to the same capital. I don't have access to the same resources. I don't have access to the same connections. I can't get my name at the front of the list to be considered. I don't have someone who's going to accept my proposal. It's not always about the fact that they're lacking something. It's more about the fact that they don't have access to what's there and people don't know about them. And so our journey and our purpose along along this is to to advocate for them, to amplify them, to provide them with, with say-so in their journey, and to be that support that's going to help them to get to their next. That's why we're necessary. And if you don't have one of these in every community, then you're missing out on the key, the key port, the key portion of it that is actually needed. I don't care how much money you throw at it. I don't care how many programs you have that you're quote unquote educating people, but unless they are an active part of the process and they have their own voice in the process, then nothing is going to be sustainable and nothing's going to change. Hey, you know, that's so well said. You know, I'm always a proponent of advocacy and changing narrative and hence using the terms of untapped, talented Black and Indigenous people of color. Uh, so I appreciate your passion for that and the passion for the work. Let me ask you this. What are you passionate about that you have not yet added to your things to do? I'm trying to get things off my list. <laughs> He's trying to add more things on the list. <laughs> well, you know me, I, I'll always ask you. <laughs> um, so, so I will exchange some things on the list. How about that? Yeah. I will exchange some things. Hey. Um, so, so, so one of the, the things that I am, I am really, really passionate about um, is, is actually giving back um, and being really involved with younger people. And I have not, because of all of the demands on my time and the different projects and where I am and scaling the company and so forth, I have not had as much time as I had in the past to be able to be really active in, um, you know, on a regular basis, participating in a lot of um, opportunities to mentor, to talk to young people, to work with them. Um, I do it on an individual basis, but I really want to get back to doing something that is um, that's actually more, you know, cohesive and, and structured. So, um, so one of the things I am looking at um, doing, while I remove some things from my plate, um, one of the things I am looking at doing is is relaunching my um, kind of apprenticeship um, initiative that I had with my company, where I have a group of of young people 
who are interested in whatever their career is. Um, they can be interested in starting their own company. They can be interested in, um, in, in consulting. They can be interested in change. They can be interested in diversity and inclusion, whatever it is. Um, and really kind of having this, this small group of apprentices that will be able to shadow me and work within my company to see how we do things. Um, and then they can kind of put together their own change leadership project of, you know, what is it that they want to see changed in their community, um, in the world, and, and start actually putting some actions and some plans together about how to do that. Um, but more importantly, equipping them with the know-how of how to have the voice to be able to advocate for themselves and for other people. So that's one of the things that um, I'm really passionate about that has not made it back on the list, but it is on the plan. So hey. once I, I have to trade out, I have to remove certain number of things before I can add that in. But okay, hey, way cool, Keisha. Keisha, you know this is a joy for me to be able to, you know, sit and ask questions and get your, you know, vast array of knowledge and and wisdom. You know, one thing that I actually am going to throw out here, and I I don't know if you're ready to start sharing this, but I know you uh, you have this TED Talk thing coming up. <laughs> yeah, so I have been and, and that was that was uh, something that was a bucket list item of mine. Um so I have been accepted as a, a TEDx Charlotte speaker and um uh, and my talk is on uh finding the we and me our journey of belonging. And so I am really excited about uh, being on that red dot <laughs> on the stage and being able to share, you know, that message, which includes my journey um, of belonging and the, the lessons I've learned and, um, and the experiences I've had. But more importantly, you know, allowing people to come alongside and, um, and experience that, you know, living vicariously through me. So, uh, so yeah, so this is, this is going to be an interesting, um, an interesting talk. It's a different kind of talk. Um, I, I am an international speaker, but I'm, I'm an educator. And so as an educator, I tend to, um, be in a room where I am always the, the subject matter expert and I'm facilitating or teaching. This one is more about sharing a personal journey. And so it's, it's challenging in a different way. Um, and the TEDx process is not for the faint of heart because they make you go through six months of uh, workshops and speaker coaches and, and you know, kind of ripping apart your talk. <laughs> 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 so, um, but yeah, it is, it is definitely a, um, a worthwhile experience and, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous and, um, but, I'm, but I'm excited and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, well, you know, your novice is the rest of us, uh, you know, level of excellence. So, (laughs) (laughs) hey, Keisha, first of all, thank you so very much for taking the time out of your, you know, very fluid schedule to join us today. Second of all, Mm -hmm. make sure next CLT is not one of the things you take off your list. <laughs> what are you trying to keep me here? Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to uh, let you know. And thirdly, you know I appreciate you. So thank you so very much for taking the time to be part of this next CLT podcast. But not only that, just be one of the key architects of making next CLT the premier entrepreneurial ecosystem 
service organization in Charlotte and with the potential to grow even outside of that market as well. So thank you so very much. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited about this and the way that we are amplifying and, um, and, and shining a light on the talented companies and, and business owners that we have, um, women and, and Black-owned businesses here in Charlotte, I like to say are unfortunately um, best-kept secrets. So next CLT's uh, you know, goal is to make sure that we are no longer best-kept secrets, but that everyone knows about us. And I, I love the fact that this podcast is providing that avenue for people to learn more about us and about the companies that make us great.